0: singing about and I feel the Spirit and the whole this morning I was just going ah. just, like Holy Spirit what's the problem <laughs> like Holy Spirit where are you <laughs> and near the end of the service I actually uh, felt like uh, God said that well there's some people here that feel this way <laughs> alright and sometimes <laughs> sometimes you know I just want you to know that it's okay to not feel excited Uh in a worship service or it's sometimes it's difficult to to feel God's presence and to get excited uh or to feel anything <clears throat> and then I had a picture uh, as I was growing up we had Shetland ponies and if anybody's raised Shetland ponies, they are stubborn animals <clears throat> and mean uh they're not like uh donkeys or uh, there's another the the Shetland ponies are mean <clears throat> but anyway uh I had this vivid image of, uh, you know, sometimes in the winter you had to get them out of the, out of their, out of the shed or the barn or the, that they're in, you know, you'd open the door and they're like, "I'm not going anywhere," you know, and you, you just kind of coach them out and you kind of pull them and you can't pull them, you know, they're little, but when you're a little kid, they're giant. <laughs> and uh, sometimes the best way is you have to get behind them, but you got to be careful because they can kick. Right, and you slap them right in the butt, and then they go out. You know, and uh, take it or leave it. But sometimes you just gotta slap your pony in the butt. Is that scriptural? Yeah, in the in the scripture, it wouldn't say pony. <laughs> And sometimes you got to do it yourself, or else sometimes God might come and do it. So, you know, and that just means, you know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, but there's a reason, you know, and it was for the pony's benefit that he, the pony had to get out, whether to, to graze or to exercise, or usually it's because I had to shovel out the poop <laughs> and clean out the stall. So let's just pray. Father, if there's anyone here that just, just, it's hard, Father, even to, to go outside. It's hard to come out of our cave spiritually, emotionally, relationally, or even physically. Father, I just pray, give Him a good slap. Father. And uh, let's wake up to the reality of Your Kingdom, Holy Spirit. And uh, just let Your blessing be poured out in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're talking about accelerate and accelerating the, the kingdom of God in our lives, both individually and as a church. And I believe that this is a time for acceleration. Uh, and I've, I'm hearing it all over the, the world, literally, in the different connections that I have. And, and God's on the move, and, and we want to keep up. And the first week we talked about Isaiah 58 and fasting and really reduction. uh, Learn some lessons about fasting. We talked about relationships, sharing our food, sharing our homes, sharing our stuff. How many remember that? How many have had somebody over to their house? Five or six? Come on, saints! I really mean this. I think that it's key. It's this God's put this on my, my heart so strongly for this year. And don't wait for someone to invite you over. Okay, invite somebody else over. All right. It's just, this is a low-key thing. It's something we all can do and, and just, uh, open up our lives to other people. I think it's key to us accelerating. It's key to you accelerating. And it's key to, 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 to bringing the kingdom of God, uh, or, or find some way to connect relationally. Sharing your stuff, uh, was the last one. And in reproduction last week, we talked about making space relationally, spiritually and physically for God to add and increase. And today is Uh, we're going to be talking about returning to the basics. Again, all of this is in the theme or or, or the series of of accelerating. And actually, grounding ourselves or returning to the basics is an important aspect of speeding up the things of God in your lives. Um, You know, often as a way, both as a church or as an individual, uh, a way to, to get more is sometimes to do less. All right? Okay, and it's it's not about finding the the new thing that we have to do, or or boy, if we just did something this way, or, or if we added this, uh, then 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 we then we'd find what God is calling us to, or then we'd have success. When really it's about stepping back and, and, and reaffirming and reestablishing the things that God has called us to walk in on a day-to-day basis, returning to the basics, and in that we actually find growth, we find acceleration, we find movement forward. Being relevant uh, or meaningful in our culture and our community is not about being trendy, okay? It's about communicating ageless truths. I mean, truths that the church has been speaking and living out for over 2,000 years and, and through scripture and the, and the people of Israel, 4, 5, 6,000 years, they've been living this out. It's not a new idea that's going to change the world. All right. <laughs> it's about applying and living out God's ideas. That he's communicated clearly. Now we do have to take those ideas and make them meaningful, make them make sense in our day, in our setting, but it's uh, getting the basics operating in our lives. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 says this, and this is actually um, in red letters, so that means Jesus said it, right? At least that's what they think. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis, And... Christ was speaking to the Apostle John in this great revelation. And this is in the middle of a, of a big story, but we're going to just focus on in one phrase here that, that Christ says. It says, This is the message from the One who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do. Huh. Let's apply that personally. I know all the things you do. And that you have a reputation for being alive. But you're dead. Wake up! Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. It's from the New Living Translation. Hey, how would you like Jesus to say that? Peer at your door. I find... Your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Uh, he's talking to the church here, by the way. He's talking to Christians. And what's his instruction? Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Go back to the basics. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. Same idea is communicated in another place in Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 21. Can read this out of the New King James. First it says, "See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation." but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to read it again from the New Living Translation. <coughs> I like the New Living. It kind of puts it down into understandable language for our day. Easy to read. Uh, New Living Translation puts it this way. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing! psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Alright, there's six basic things in this text that we're going to look at and say these are some of the basics that we need to return to and reestablish in our lives. The first one is, is verse 16. It says, "Redeeming the time because the days are evil." <laughs> redeeming. The word redeeming in the original language uh, means to recover from the power of another. Recover from the power of another to ransom to buy off. And this is this is a command of Scripture. All right, and there's more than ten commandments in Scripture. <laughs> this is a command. Redeeming the time. Making the most of every opportunity. Redeeming the time, it means to uh it can also be translated rescue. We're commanded to rescue time from evil. Well we're to rescue time. What'd it be like? time lords <laughs> inside joke what but what does this mean think about it what it will what does it, what will this look like i mean if you apply this in your life what 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 is it going to look like how about this afternoon how can you apply this in your life tomorrow How can you rescue time? All right? Another resource defines it this way to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity. Wise and sacred use of every opportunity. And it goes on and says, for doing good, so that zeal and well doing are, as it were, the purchase money by which we make the time our own. Zeal and and well-doing or doing well. Doing well and doing the things of God and and using the time in a godly way is the price that you pay to rescue the time or to uh, take uh, take time back from the power of of another. Listen, every minute of your life is more valuable than all the money you'll make in your entire life. You either believe that or you don't. But you can always make more money. But there is nothing you can do to make another minute in a day. But we waste. It's really about not wasting time. But in order to really not waste time, you have to realize and understand the value of it. It doesn't necessarily mean doing more, especially if you're neglecting something. It may mean doing less, If you're neglecting rest or neglecting reflection or meditation on God's Word or soaking in His presence. Basic number one is rescue time. Verse 17 says, Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Thoughtlessly, some other ways that word could be translated is mindless. How about this one? Stupid. You have to say it like that. Stupid. Don't be stupid about ignorant, egotistical, rash, don't act rash, unbelieving, don't act unbelieving, unwise. The idea here is that you give thought to what you do. Ignorant, you know, we use ignorant as an insult in, our, in, in, our, in the way we use the term, but it just means without knowledge. Okay? Or not understanding. And how much of our life do we do things, or we spend time unaware of why we're doing it? Really? And so I, I test people in this all the time. I, I ask them questions, and if they understand the, 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 the reasoning behind like why we do things the way we do, and most people don't understand their historical context. All right? And so they don't. There's things that we do day in and day out in our life that we just think are normal, but it's only normal because we're part. We grew up in America, and America was influenced by, you know, uh, Western uh, society, and, and you kind of break it down. But but so many people live ignorant of why they do things. Uh, <clears throat> why why can you spend hours on Facebook or YouTube? but find it difficult to spend minutes in God's Word or in prayer. Anybody say amen? (laughs) Why are you reading what you're reading? Is there a way you can learn a more balanced view of the world? Or do you just read what's, what's handed to you? The world's gotten really good at just dishing out information they want you to receive. But you have to live wisely. Don't act thoughtlessly. Uh Live intentionally. And it says, understand what the Lord wants you to do. God has a will for you. God has a will for you for each moment. You know, we think of God's will and we think of, oh, what does he want me to accomplish in my life? Or, you know, we we always think of these big pictures like God's really interested in, in in the big things. You know what God's mostly interested? He's mostly interested in the next 60 seconds. So what's God's will for you right now? All right? And think that way. This is what the scriptures is, is trying to get us to to incorporate into our, into our lifestyle. Uh, that God has a will for us each moment. Are you sensitive if God is leading you? Maybe He's leading you to a green pasture and you're supposed to lie down. Are you sensitive to that? Maybe He's, He's walking with you toward the valley of the shadow of death. Are you aware of where He's leading? Are you in tune with the Lord? Because He leads you through all kinds of things. His promise... Is that He's going to be with you wherever He leads you if you stay with Him? Is He sending you into battle or is He trying to wake you up from a nightmare? What's God doing in your life right now? Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Basic number two is to live intentionally, be intentional. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. <laughs> I just love how that this translation puts it. I mean, come on. That's easy to understand. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't allow yourself to come under the influence of any kind of drug or drink or intoxicant. All right. It doesn't mean you can't have a glass of wine. Or a beer with a meal. Okay? I am not against all forms of alcohol. Alright? But I am, believe that the Bible is very clear that drunkenness in every form is sin. Alright? And drunkenness happens when you come under its influence. And sin leads to destruction. All addictions are drunkenness. All right? And you can be addicted to just about anything. I actually had an addiction specialist. I was talking with him. And, I mean, that's, that's what he does. He's a career. He's an addiction counselor. And he said that. You can be, you can be addicted to anything. You, know, you can be addicted to work. You can be addicted to anything. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset. <clears throat> you can be addicted to food. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10.17 says, Eat at the appropriate time. For strength, not for drunkenness. Wow. But food's a good thing. Yeah, beer's a good thing. Uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin says beer is proof that God loves us. (laughs) 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 But drunkenness is destructive. It's wrong. Whether you're drunk on beer, whether you're drunk on pleasure, or drunk on clothing, or drunk on entertainment, drunk on pornography, drunk on the Internet, drunk on whatever. All right? When you let it come, uh, uh, come, impo- come and have power over you. Don't come under the power of anything. Being under the influence of these intoxicants is a direct contradiction to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's a real clear either-or in Scripture. Either you're under the influence of intoxicants or you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And you know who chooses? Say me. Right? You choose what you put in you. All right? You have, probably more than any other thing in life, you have almost complete control over what goes into your body. Very few people have food forced down their throat. Right? Right? Nobody forces you to read something or to look at that webpage. No one forces you to overeat or drink too much. It's your choice. And God's saying choose the Holy Spirit because that leads to life and freedom and health. All right? Choose to be filled and realize the importance of it. Um, Allow God to have power over your body, over your mind, over your spirit. Submit to Him. So basic number three is stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Number four, singing psalms. This is verse 19. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. Some translations say uh, uh, speaking psalms and hymns. So whether you're speaking or you're singing, this has to do with our communication. What's not, you know, the, the previous one is what is going in our mouths, right? This is about what's coming out of your mouth, all right? And the Bible says, fill your mouths with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music to the Lord in your hearts. So there's three things there, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, three separate words. And I believe that um, uh, it was written uh, purposely, uh, psalms. Uh, Literally means words set to music, but there's almost no doubt that it was a direct reference to the Psalms of the Old Testament, which which has always been the hymnal of the church. There's songs that that express uh, biblical truths, and, and 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 you know, there's a psalm for every feeling and every circumstance. Some of those psalms you read and go, "Wow, did they actually sing those in church?" <laughs> you know, some are celebrations, but some are mourning, you know, and, and grieving and lament. So there's all kinds of songs, and so he's referring that. That's what should be coming out of your mouth. And then hymns, the word hymns, us, for us now in our day, hymn means an old song, all right. But in the use uh, of the original language, when Paul wrote this, it meant uh, a song in the praise of God's heroes or conquerors, literally to celebrate. Okay. So, you know, it's like the songs people would sing about their favorite sports team. <laughs> okay? And, and how would that apply to us? Well, that would be contemporary worship songs. You know? Just just choruses. Fun songs. You know, where, where psalms would be like the, the old traditional songs and hymns are, are what we say choruses are contemporary songs and worship songs. And then the third thing is spiritual songs. And literally, it means spirit songs. Okay? Non carnal. That is not humanly. Hmm. The word means supernatural. What could that mean? Well, interpreting Scripture with Scripture, as a good fundamentalist would, (coughs) I was with some fundamentalists uh, this past week, a big conference. And there was only one or two of us there that were charismatic <coughs> at one of the workshops. I don't know what he was talking about, but the guy actually said, I hate those charismatics. And I, I know John here does too. And I was like, wow. <laughs> the funny thing was the whole conference was about how to, how to, uh, how to communicate and open up dialogue with Christians that are not part of your camp. I don't think he caught that. (laughs) Charismatics, actually, I've I've, I've intentionally developed relationships with a lot of pastors and and people that are not part of our charismatic church. And the number one thing I hear from them is that charismatics are arrogant. They think that they're more spiritual than everybody else. uh and they, and they, they usually, one kid in, in the, in the room actually responded said they were, he grew up in a charismatic church and they were all mean. You know? So, <laughs> it was an interesting experience. So I kinda, I didn't talk to him, but <laughs> I did let everybody, I'd already let everybody know that I was the most charismatic charismatic there is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to interpret scripture with scripture, which is a biblical principle, what could he mean by this? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, Paul, speaking of, of talking in tongues, which I, I talk, taught on, uh, on the, in the class last Saturday, says, What then shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. So praying in the Spirit is praying in words I don't understand. Or praying in tongues. And I will sing in the Spirit. Okay, so sing with your spiritual language, and I will also sing in words I understand. Yeah. And so spiritual songs is do so. I may not be a good singer, but I can talk in tongues and I can sing in tongues. You know? And I can sing contemporary worship songs, and I can sing, you know, psalms. You know, uh, or old songs. The thing is And keep in mind that this is not just what we sing, but this should describe all of our communication. So even when we're speaking, this should be the rule that determines what comes out of our mouth. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Basic number four is keep on singing. Basic number five, verse 20, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says in the Amplified, at all times for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, to God the Father. This is living thankful. Living full of thanks. Okay, At all times. Wow! Is that a challenge? Okay, This means at all the time, we're supposed to be in thankful mode and not unthankful mode. Okay. Picture a switch. Thankful channel. Okay. www.thankful.me. <laughs> That's where we're supposed to be. Okay. And the opposite of it is, is an, uh, an attitude of entitlement. I deserve this. You know. In fact, I deserve better than this. Like that girl in Willy Wonka. Veronica. Veronica. She was just a brat. It's not, you know, this again is a command of Scripture, and that means it's not an impossible goal. You have to understand, if God commands it, He enables it. Alright? This is not an impossible goal. This is what you and I were created to be. Okay? Okay? And you must understand that when you live this way, you will experience the deepest satisfaction in life. Because you spend every moment thankful for God. How about this? Not only in all times, but for everything. This is very difficult. I'm not kidding you. This is not easy. But it's, it's, it's who we're called to be. What about the bad things, Pastor Cameron? Are we to be thankful for the loss of a job? For a physical ailment or the death of a loved one? i tell you what. I can be thankful not because someone I love died, but that I loved them. I can be thankful that even in their death, I can be grateful that God allowed me to be part of their life and they part of mine. I'm not thankful for sickness, but during sickness... I can be thankful. I have be grateful that even in times of sickness or when someone I love is sick, I have someone I can call out to. I'm not alone. I know a healer. And I have hope. And I know that ultimately, I win. Even if this body dies, I'm grateful. Are you hearing me? See, and that gives you power and authority in the face of affliction to overcome it, simply because you're thankful. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Basic number five is be thankful. Basic number six, uh, uh, verse 21, submit to one another. He says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians chapter five, verse 21, puts it uh, in the Amplified uh, is be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, or the message. It says, out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. And this word, submit or, or be subject to subordinate. How many like being subordinated? <clears throat> Nobody raises their hand. <laughs> it, it means reflexively to obey. Okay? Reflexively. In other words, someone says something, you just, like a reflex, you obey. You don't even have to think about it. Why? Because you submit, you, you, because your opinion, your way that you think of them, you just, you just, you want to submit to them. Huh? Like you would to a cop on the outside. But another definition puts it to arrange under. And that's the one I like. Arranging oneself under to submit, to uphold, and support. I'm standing on this platform, but I'm not holding it down. It's holding me up. Okay, And that's the biblical image of submission. It upholds. So when you submit to someone, you do it so that you can hold them up. And you can do it because you know, in God's eyes, you're his favorite. You don't have to prove anything. Because you're doing it out of reverence for Christ. I can hold this person up. I submit in order to hold them up. Okay? I thought so. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. <laughs> Philippians 2 3, the New King James says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You're better than me. That's automatically settled in my mind. You're better than me. But it should be in your mind that I'm better than you. And this is how it works. (laughs) Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Wow! If Jesus lived this way, and He's better than all of us, Maybe we should live this way. In fact, that's why He lived this way. To be an example for us to live this way. And some people are concerned that they'll be taken advantage of. But tr- trust God in this. That if you live all of these basics, if you're thankful, and if you're uh, thoughtful, if you're intentional, if all of these things... <clears throat> if, you, um, if you rescue and redeem your time, if you keep singing and you stay filled... Uh, you won't be at the disadvantage. Trust me. You'll be at an extreme advantage. Alright? And we live this way not on the merits of others. We submit to others not because they're worth it, but the Scripture says out of reverence for who? For Christ. We live this way because He's worth it. So you treat other people as better than you. You esteem them higher than yourself Why? because they're worth it and it has nothing to do with Him. Alright? You know, I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with you. I just want to support you and sub, you know, submit myself to you and honor you and respect you and treat you reverently. You know, it has nothing to do with you personally. <laughs> In your heart, it's out of obedience for Jesus. And when you start acting that way around other people, you know what, they're going to start acting that way around you. I'm telling you, it, it has the power to change relationship, individuals, families, cities, churches, you name it. It can change a generation. The last basic, basic number six, is to live humble. So next week we're going to wrap up this series and I'm going to share something very personal uh, and something that is very significant to the church. It will affect the church greatly, so you don't want to miss it. Right now we have some announcements. God bless. That was really good. All right. Well, um, I'd just like to welcome you all again.